In this episode, we discuss Judgment Fay in depth. I apologize for the long delay in getting this episode edited. Thank you so much for your patience. Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 118. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And we are here to discuss the very, very sad, very sad episode, Judgment Bay. Okay, keep dragging it out, Stephanie. It's very sad. It's sad. Especially to Annie. Especially to Annie. And I really did try to find a drink special for this episode, but I'm just going to say copiously. Drink what you want copiously. I like I was looking them up and I tried like little keywords and I found one called dead lawyer, which no, thank you. I do not want Bo to die. And I also found one called a straight law cocktail. And that doesn't work either. Is there a gay law cocktail or a queer law cocktail? <laughs> a bisexual law cocktail? cocktail. <laughs> cocktail. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so I was unsuccessful in finding a, a thematic drink. So just drink what you want, whatever amount you want. I'm, I'm enjoying a whiskey ginger this evening. So if you hear clinking, that's what I am drinking. I should finish that sentence. I haven't struck that much I yet. Say, if you hear clinking, <laughs> that's, that's what I am. <laughs> but it rhymes. I would like to begin by clarifying, or not clarifying necessarily, but going back to something that I said in the in our first impressions episode because I actually almost like re-recorded what I said about the episode, but then I was like, Stephanie, you're reacting. Calm down. Because what I ended up saying about the episode in my quick review was that it was okay. And I want to make very clear that I think the writing in this episode is a mess. <laughs> like the actual <laughs> structure of this yeah. episode is a mess. What made it okay is the effing amazing actors that we have on this show acting their freaking little hearts out. That's what actually made this episode okay. So I just wanted to make that clear because I didn't feel like I'd made it clear in the first impressions episode. I feel the same. Yeah, I agree. The The writing was questionable, let's say. because <laughs> Putting it I, mildly. You know, there there were things in there that were really good that I thought were, you know, interesting and solid and whatnot or good character bits, but they were strung together in a really weird way that kind of didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes within the same scene. Yeah. yeah, there were chunks of scenes and scenes that just didn't make sense. And I think you mentioned it, Stephanie, or I can't remember. I've heard a lot. It would have been better if a lot of plot lines had been strung out more over yep. the season. And it was just chunked all. This, I think this happens a lot when shows end sometimes, or just when mm -hmm. stuff builds up a lot. They're like, oh, we've got an episode, we got it, or we've got a season, we've got a season, we're just going along, going along. Oh my god, crap! The season's about to end! Throw everything in! Even if it's just all cut off and bunched up and mixed up, and the audience is kind of like, what the fay just happened? That's kind of I what did this get that episode felt like for a lot of scenes. I did get that feeling a couple of times, at least during this episode, where it's kind of like, okay, well, there is something that we wanted to see, but it feels really rushed. Yeah. Either in the sense that they should have done it later, or they should have been building up to it sooner. Yep. Or both. It was a lot of character-based stuff. Like, what's going to happen with these really important relationships with characters? Oh my god, okay, let's throw it in here, because I get the feeling now that a lot, lot of the last few episodes, it's all going to be plot-based stuff, not character-based stuff, and that's what worries me. Like, oh, all well, this stuff has to happen with Jack. Okay, okay, okay. But we'll get all the character stuff out of the way first. I don't know. So I'm worried. 
and depressed and mad and wish I was drunk. Well, let's start with talking about the little courtroom subplot here, because I actually didn't mind this. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I actually didn't mind it. It, it Elements of it felt like a kind of return to earlier seasons because we had Bo really thrown off guard with this challenge that she was completely unprepared for and really quite bad at. And <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say that. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, she, no. yeah, that's not her forte. And But Bo is, I think, at her most endearing when she's floundering, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she always tries her darndest, yeah. is the thing. Like, she never gives up, but... But, oh, darling, you're so out of your yes, desk. I know, but you look so good in a lawyer suit. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the best part. Oh, yeah. And that Anna too. Silk, you're not listening to this. But if you are, can I please, can I please beg you in your next project to consider some sort of legal drama or, or something where you'd be wearing power suits a lot because you look really good? Yeah, but legal drama after being a succubus, that'd be so blasé. But, yes, the clothing, yes. But I liked that – okay, so I liked that she was, like, thrown off guard by this challenge, and I liked that, again, we see her pick this unspoken third option, because all, all the all the judge said is she had to succeed for her clients. That's a good point, yeah. It's kind of vague, and, and but I think as the audience, we think, oh, she's got to win the case, or she's mm-hmm. going to lose the case, but Bo chooses this third option of, oh, I'm going to negotiate an unrealistic compromise between the parties. However, well, because that's what she does. Yes. Yeah. That's her thing. However – a courtroom isn't exactly a setting in which much excitement can be generated. <laughs> like, lawyer shows manage to do it okay some of the time, but that's really, that's their setting. That's what they focus on from week to week. Uh, but shows like this, where they're just dipping into that legal drama every once in a while, it, it's not nearly as exciting as Bo kicking a lot of people in the butt. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> hard to, it's hard to muster a lot of like, yeah, this is exciting this week. I know. I was really excited to see Ennis Esmer because I was, I was like, oh, 25 Canadian actors, you know, and he's, he seems like a great guy. But I was like, ah, I wish he'd had a more, yeah, active role or something. The thing is, after seeing Ennis Esmer on Dark Matter, I was just like, destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring to his work before Dark Matter, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I was very glad to see that he wasn't nearly as gross as he was on Dark Matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> It would be hard. Yeah, it would. It really would. But yeah, it, the thing about the courtroom aspect of this episode, and you sort of mentioned this, in the earlier seasons, like, it would, this show would be centered around that, that storyline where, okay, Bo has to help these people with this thing, but it's like sort of a weird side note diversion in the middle of this episode. Mm-hmm. And this is completely random, but it just occurred to me, I mean, these are humans she was helping out. It wasn't like a fake case or anything, right? As far as we know. Yeah. But yeah, so there's not all this excitement generated by this courtroom scene. So I feel like the writers were like, we need to get out of here as quickly as possible. So it gets <laughs> it gets resolved really quickly because I don't feel like we as the audience get a good sense of why Bo suddenly changes tax mid-trial and thinks she can negotiate this compromise between the plaintiff and the defendant. Like me personally – from what we saw, I wasn't thinking like, oh, clearly there's just a, a misunderstanding between these two. Well, yeah, and that was very unrealistic. Oh, okay, now we're friends. We'll yeah. put aside this lawsuit. You know, that was the part that, not necessarily that Bo would go off track because she's done that before, but yeah. I mean, I thought it was just Bo having a Bo moment where she's yeah. just kind of like, this this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Let me try it this way. But I, I did like the lines where... You know, uh, Beth is feeding her lines. Okay, just say that, you know, according to IP laws, and she's all according to PI laws. And I'm just like, oh, Bo. 
made me laugh. <laughs> Clearly, another aspect of this was they were trying to draw a parallel between the conflict between these two guys and and Bo and Lauren so that Bo could learn a lesson. And that's fine, whatever, but you don't have to say it. Like, to have her at the end of that <laughs> it's TV, TV, like, Stephanie. I, I mean, understand. It's... I could be supportive of Lauren. Like, uh, Lost Girl, you've been more subtle than this previously. <laughs> I know. I guess my issue with it is like, why is this just occurring to her now? Isn't this the way Bo has always dealt with the things? Like, yeah. why does she need to relearn this lesson? Yeah, I it know. was very... There was a lot of aspects of this episode that reminded me of of Glee and its tendency to mm, treat its mm-hmm. characters like puppets for that week, and they relearn mm. lessons that they've learned twelve times before. And yeah, oh, we just true. really need this character to do this thing, if even if it doesn't make sense for them. Jay Batson says, "Miss the days of Lost Girl having a storyline that was resolved during show and the additional side story, season one and season two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We've we've mentioned several times that we we tend to think Lost Girl does the." case of the week procedural episodes a little a little better than long extended and then arc. Like says i'm missing all the sex i'm on annie's bad <laughs> bandwagon when it comes to the subject ha 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 everybody strip <laughs> couldn't even get sex i mean the shower scene was spectacular but i've no kind of given up on getting a sex scene this season i, know, I just don't I think know. it's gonna happen Me between neither. anybody because because so i was talking depressing. i was talking to my partners about this about this and she was like that's disappointing that, you know, they used to be so sex positive. I'm like, no, 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 people are still having sex. They're just not showing it. Showing it. it. Yeah. And it's just, it's a weird turn the show has taken for whatever reason, you know, that's fine. But it's just, yeah, it's a little, it's a change that I find a little disappointing for, as you say, a sex positive show that we don't see that aspect anymore besides the, you know, hee 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 horn dog aspect of me, you know, but because <laughs> in this episode, it got to where Dyson and Alicia started making out. And, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, fine, we didn't get a sex scene between Bo and Lauren. But I was like, okay, I'll take a sexy Dyson scene. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. like, nope, just goes to afterward. Like, okay, I guess that's all we're getting this season, which, again, I feel kind of like creepy for saying it, but it just <laughs> it feels like a big switch for the show. Yeah. I mean, if the show had always been that way, that would have been fine. But the fact that the show hasn't, and it makes this switch that is different, is, yeah, is weird. We're just saying. Mm-hmm. It does, it feels different. And TV Nerd 3 says, if it's taken to court and it all got fixed with an apology, that seems kind of rushed. Yeah. yeah. And, I and this was not the only storyline this episode that I felt was resolved in a really pat way. They just took a really quick shortcut to an ending. <laughs> they took a freight train to it. <laughs> just, <laughs> Okay. There we go. It's done. Thank you, TV Nerd 3, for getting us back on track to the courtroom stuff, because I also wanted to say that I feel like generally non-lawyery shows just shouldn't do trial episodes. Few lawyery shows get them right. And And I I love how you've mentioned... Made up this word, lawyery. I was seeing... I think it's... it's, uh, I'm kind of a twatter on twitter was was saying that she's like oh my god i'm just cringing watching all of this legal stuff so i'm guessing she's a lawyer or a a a paralegal or something like that yeah i saw that tweet too and i'm like yeah but despite the shortcuts and stuff like i did find like i said i did like the courtroom stuff okay and i thought there was a lot of fun stuff with elizabeth whispering in Bo's ear yeah that was like the best part can I ask what exactly Elizabeth thinks is super offensive about that Jackson Pollock-esque painting that was sitting over the I side? was wondering that, too. I know, and I'm like, that looks like an awesome painting. What's wrong with that? But, but I love that we – this is the first time we've really seen Elizabeth. 
outside of, you know, the very first scene, mm-hmm. which I always remember what she was saying to her fiance, oh, please get us two salads. And by salads, I mean two all meat pizzas. Right. You know, and we see she's a real sweet, dorky lawyer person, but she's really, she just has all these movie references and loves donuts and all this stuff. So I really, really love, I cannot say how much I love seeing Amanda Walsh play this different side uh, of Z, which she pointed out on her Twitter account before the episode aired. And, um, well, this side of Elizabeth, technically. And uh, yay, for me personally, I loved her Titanic Kate Winslet reference because yes, Yes, I will admit it. Titanic is one of my favorite movies because I (laughs) realize now I had a crush on Kate Winslet. I hadn't come out then yet. Okay. Well, I only saw it 17 times in theater. I was one of those people. I saw it seven times in the theater. Did you literally see it 17? Because I literally saw it seven. No, I am not kidding you. Okay. 16 times. And then once when it came out in 3D. Okay, so I wasn't I wasn't as fanatical as you were, but I, I did see it a lot. And I did later realize that I totally had a crush on Kate Winslet. It's it's a thing. It's it's a thing. <laughs> yes. So yay, thank you, Lost Girl though, for that uh for that reference. Can we go back to the painting for a second? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Cause yeah, what is the problem with the painting? Like why <laughs> would it be offensive unless Maybe Elizabeth is like a Jackson Pollock fan and was offended on Jackson Pollock's behalf because it was a ripoff. Maybe maybe she just have, doesn't like. I got nothing. Bright squiggly lines. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe she's just really like if if you show her ink blot, she's just like that's dirty. Oh my god, that's so dirty. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Can your arm bend that way? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, she I seems like that kind of person. Yeah, would find really weird humor or offense and stuff that most people think is fine yeah this episode did have some pretty good laughs for me though including you mentioned chris in our first impressions the hot faced us I-, I laughed pretty hard at that and then i also laughed a lot at elizabeth especially when the super offensive painting was like <laughs> the squiggly line painting i, I laughed at that <laughs> so maybe the maybe the prop people were just going for a laugh with a very generic painting yeah could be but I also really liked when Bo is talking to the judge, she's like, oh, what kind of test are we talking about? And, you know, fighting a dragon, swallowing a centipede. She makes a really funny face, Elizabeth <laughs> does, about the swallowing a centipede line. <laughs> and I'm wondering if Rachel gave her pointers on hilarious donut eating because she was yeah. she was very funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. One wonders if they stopped at like a, a bakery or something or a coffee shop on the way because like they were doing a stakeout and it felt appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what goes through my mind. I could see Elizabeth being like, "Oh, we're because were they in a police van or something?" That's something I, I don't know. Like they were in like a surveillance van, yeah. Yeah. So maybe Elizabeth was like, "If we're gonna do this right, I need donuts." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So personally, I thought the courtroom stuff was fine, not great, but fine. I would have been okay, fine, whatever. But then we get to that scene in I'm gonna say his name wrong. Hef, how do you say it? Hephaestus. Hephaestus. I grew up reading Greek mythology, but I just read it. I didn't hear anybody say the name. So in my head, he's always been Hephaestus, and I have oh. trouble switching mm-hmm. the pronunciation. Hephaestus. Mont- Hephaestus. Hephaestus is going to be my papaya horse. Hephaestus. <laughs> if you say it either way, we'll, we'll know what you're... Yeah, yeah. We know what you mean. Or, or like, Trick called him Hepha, I think, yeah, right? We can yeah. call him Hepha. That's fine. Call him Hepha. Okay. So we get to the scene at Hepha's Forge. And what the hell happened in that scene? I have no epic idea. What happened in that scene? Things that didn't make sense. Okay, so here are some of my questions. Why did Z zap Hera and then wake him up now? 
I have no uh, idea. Maybe she wanted to get back to get. Well, they they're together at the end of the scene, apparently right. going down to Myth. So maybe she wanted to go down to Myth. So she's like, I gotta call him back up. I don't know. Though I will I say, I did really love when when Hera was confronting. And at that point, Z was in Lauren's body, and and Hera's like, you know, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to take care of me? Oh yeah, because Z electrocuted me. And I like the way that Zoe Palmer says, "You're not still upset about that, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh. Uh, but okay, so that was my first question: Why did she zap Hera only to make it wake him up now? How in the hell did Hera, Tamsin, and Elizabeth get access to that forge? The exactly. judge had said that Bo had to go by herself. Maybe the judge left and was off duty going back to eating her egg sandwich. Yeah, I Had don't know. Had to go by herself into the courtroom, but I don't know. But don't considering know. that the whole court scene was to get Bo into the forge, which I seems know. to be the super hard place to reach, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, did they all just do a really super fast trial to get access? Yes. It makes no sense. <laughs> well, <laughs> they did exactly have Elizabeth what happened. there, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and, and Tamsin could have been her, like, paralegal. She paralegal. could have been her paralegal, yeah. So that's my second question. My third question is that Hera's all like, well, I guess that plan didn't work. Let's go back to plan A. And plan A was to kill Bo. And he's all like, I'm going to kill you. What plan is she referring to? The <laughs> what plan didn't work? Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> I love that sound you made. How <laughs> that hurt my throat. I think that, 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 that sound sums up the reactions of everyone watching. Exactly. Right? So, I'm sorry, Lost Girl, but come on. So, right. Okay. So, Bo is holding this, like, hot poker toward Hera. And I'm just like, why doesn't Z just zap Bo if the whole plan is to kill her? It's not like. It's it, true. And Hera's, like, grabbing the hot iron thing, being like, you can't hurt me. And then. Z is just like, let's go back to myth, Hera. Why? 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 Yeah, and then Hera's <laughs> protesting. It was so boring down there. But then they just go and they kiss and they leave. And I'll, what? What? What is happening? Well, why well, did they what, go back to myth? Why is the whole point? Wait, were they just going to, we're going to kill Bo, but we're going to warn her too about Hades. What was, whose side are you on? Even Bo was confused, I think. Also, it was like, we're going to kill her, but let's, let's finish making out first. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> None of that scene made any sense. No, it makes no sense. And what and also made no sense to me, well, okay, now I realize on a rewatch she was building the weapon, but Hephaestus is just there in the background the whole time, just ding, ding, ding. You know, he doesn't have any lions or anything. You he think? was on the clock, Annie. He was focused on okay. his job. <laughs> but, you know, maybe there'd be more He's conflict. hourly, okay? I don't know if there'd be conflict between him and mom and dad. I don't know. But I just found it very odd that all the actor does is just sit there. Being hot faced, being hot faced, <laughs> that's he's that's hot faced. That was a very hot actor. You got to use him more. So TV Nerd Three says, so is that it with the ancient storyline apart from Bo's dad? And yes, I think it is because didn't Michael Grassi say that Amanda Walsh isn't going to be back? So okay, yeah. Damn it, then because I know Z tells Hera that it's not the end. So I'm like, okay, does that mean they're coming back? Because if this is the end of their storyline, what the frick was the point of? Their entire yeah. storyline this season. The entire freaking season, practically. And it's just... Uh... I'm going to pull a me and say, let's see how the rest of the season plays out. Could have had more and sex scenes. Could have something had was relevant. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. No, you're not. They Shoot. took all this time. Shit. They took all this time giving us Z and Hera and Iris and all of this stuff. And I get they're related to the Hades plotline, but... They didn't need to be on screen all this time if this is all their if this is where they end up is like no actual confrontation with Bo like what the hell yeah and it just seemed to really fall flat like literally the 
the actors go boom. Yeah, yeah the actors go boom. <laughs> and for a minute, I was like, are boom. they still alive? Are they dead? And I know some people like questions on Twitter are going, wait a minute. So Z can transfer bodies that quickly? When did we find out that could happen? This episode. I know, but when was Z holding on to Lauren? Because she said she held on too long. Re- remember Bo was at the clinic and then there was a sound and then she rushes into the other room yeah, and but is all we worried see is about Z. Well, all we see is Elizabeth because Z has taken off in Lauren's body. Oh, okay. Again, show. You have to show this stuff. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. That part works. I'm glad they played that out that way. Yeah. No. It was one of those things. As soon as they had that scene, I was like, holy crap, where's Lauren? Yeah. Oh. Don't forget about Lauren. And then they went to a commercial break and came back and didn't really address it. And then I forgot. Yeah. And then when she showed up, I was like, oh. See, that didn't occur I knew. to me. I knew there was something. See, that didn't occur to me. Of course, you know, when I heard that sound, I was worried about Lauren. Thanks, show, for making me freak out mentioning Parkinson's and everything. So, yeah, I thought it was Lauren, but it turned out to be Elizabeth. And it didn't occur to me until I saw Z in Lauren's body. I went, oh, shit, out loud, really, really loudly. So that was a surprise to me. Again, I'm gullible, show. Well, no, that was a genuine surprise moment for me. Because, like, Chris, when we immediately find see Elizabeth on the ground, I'm I'm thinking, okay, where's Lauren? But yeah. then commercial break, onto the next scene. Even at the doll, I was like, where's Lauren? But then I forgot about it. And so when Lauren or Z popped up in Lauren's body, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was wondering where she was, and here she was. Well, you know, we forgot about it because that courtroom scene was a bit too long. Well, and they were trying to make you forget, like trying to make yeah. you so that it would be a surprise. I'm not holding that against them. I thought that was an effective thing that they did. Right. Yeah, okay. Because it was, it was like the whole distraction tactic. Exactly. Like, look at this hand while this hand picks your pocket yeah, or whatever. Exactly. But I will say it, it on thinking back, which happens a lot with TV shows. It's like in the moment it works. But then when you think back on it, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't quite make sense. Because wouldn't you, if you found Elizabeth lying on the floor in Lauren's clinic, wouldn't you, your first reaction be like, oh, Lauren should maybe check her out, see if she's okay. Where's my hot doctor girlfriend? Since yeah. she, you know, the the ancient who has been occupying her body vacated her. Uh, and so I, I feel like I will ding them for, I feel like in the next scene when they're in the doll, we could have used a line where Bo was like, I tried to find Lauren to get her checked out to see if she was okay, but I couldn't find her or something like that. Or even a, has anybody seen Lauren? <laughs> But then that would have tipped the audience off to go, oh, something's going on with Lauren. So maybe it was one or the other. I don't know. I feel like, though, we still would have forgotten about it after all the courtroom stuff. So mm. it's true. Because <laughs> they true. do remind us with the phone call that Bo, you know, Bo leaves a message on Lauren's phone. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, you know, I can't I can't find you. And maybe that was what they were trying to communicate in that scene. But I think they could have been better served by an actual line in the immediate next scene saying, like, I tried to find Lauren, but I couldn't find her. I want to find Lauren. But speaking of that scene in the doll where Elizabeth's like chowing down at the table and they tried to confront Which her. I found hilarious. Uh, again, props to Amanda Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to confront her about information that she learned as Z. And I'm like, Dyson, did you really just show a picture of a dead person to a traumatized woman? <laughs> I know. And that's it's her. Co- what about this? And I'm like, Dyson, <laughs> police skills, you have not. Or tactic, or, you know, you don't have tact. Then again, neither does Jamsin, but that's kind of her thing sometimes, you know, with the tough love. And I thought that was a good attempt, Jamsin, but that was not your best work at tough love. <laughs> you've you've done better. <laughs> it was funny, though. It did make me laugh. Yeah. But you guys, as partners, you need to work on tact. Take some sensitivity classes through the police precinct you seem to have forgotten. 
Again, does Tamsin still even work there? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't D- think does she does. Dyson, I don't think. I don't think either one of them worked there for several seasons. I think Dyson does, <laughs> but I don't think Tamsin does. But I'm unclear because well, he's got the red file folder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that damn red file folder. Anyway, uh, Nina says, "Was that Hades' plan to bring the ancients to End World so Bo saves H to save World?" I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No clue. But I did think that Z did say some interesting things in that scene at the forge because she warns Bo that Hades is a master manipulator and she says that his evil comes in many forms, obviously foreshadowing to the very last scene of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was interesting that Z talks about, it was really nice to meet you, Bo. She goes into like motherly aunt mode. Yeah, it was weird. And she's like, it was very nice to meet you. And she talks about back in the day when people used to worship her as a god. And she says says to Bo, don't let that go to your head. I thought that was really interesting, too. Well, I'm thinking Hades being a master manipulator and his evil takes many forms. I thought, oh, what if he takes form in Lauren somehow or, you know, I don't know, or will take form in. I mean, we're talking, obviously, we'll talk more about the end of the episode. But I'm like, what if he takes form in one of Bo's friends, you know, later? That's what I'm thinking. But that's not who we see him take the format. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, it's not like he can't jump bodies, you know what I mean? But then also, later I was thinking, uh, when she says, don't let the power go to your head of people worshipping you, I'm like, oh, are, are we going to see Darkbow again? And you know right. how Hades controls her, and he spoke to her at the in, um, <sighs> at the end of the dawning, so... The ceremony. The ceremony. Yeah, so I, I get the feeling we'll see more of that again. That's To me, that's what Z's line meant. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. She was alluding to when we see Bo being dark, super succubus person, being like, you know, I will reign as queen and you will all mm-hmm. bow before me, things like that. Yeah, I will rule with my father. Yeah. yeah. I do have a question, though. Shoot. Because the the end of the episode before this, we see Jack slash Hades, whatever you want to call him, we see him leaving his cell, mm-hmm. but we don't know what he was doing. Right. And then I was surprised to find him back in his cell at the beginning of this episode. But And then he says to Bo, oh, I'm going to be here. I'll still be around here. Right, because he seems to be maintaining this illusion that he's trapped there. So what is it that he's doing? We're going to find out, I guess. Yeah, we forgot to mention that when we were talking about Sweet Valkyrie High. But that was a moment. It it wasn't surprising because I think back in, in episode 509, whose name I'm blanking on. 44 Minutes to Save the World. In 44 Minutes to Save the World... Bo makes an allusion to the fact that basically she knows that the cell that they've put him in can't hold him. So it wasn't surprising to see him leave, but it does invite the question as what is he doing exactly when he leaves his cell? But I guess since we're talking about Hades, why don't we jump and we talk about that interesting scene that we get between Bo and him later in the episode after after the breakup with Lauren and Bo is really upset and, the, and it <sighs> jumps to that scene with him. What the hell is up with that scene? Okay. I don't understand. Yeah, that scene was all over the place, too. Okay, go ex- expound on what you mean, Chris. <laughs> okay, so don't trust Hades. So what does Bo do? <laughs> she goes to Hades all heartbroken. Is this part of some big plan? Please tell me it's part of some big plan. I don't know. I think Bo's just out of her mind because Lauren left her. And, and, and then but she- we're talking about Bo, not you, Annie. <laughs> so Bo's upset. She goes to Hades. And then hugs him, and then gets upset at the end and says, I'll never drink. It pulls her hands out of his grasp. So Bo's like all over the place during this scene. It didn't make sense to me. 
So many horse references. Why so many horse references? <laughs> I Babies. love the papaya horse, but enough with the, the horse references. Yeah. Knock it off. Okay, I, I've seen people be critical of this scene and Bo's actions being all over the place, and I think that's fair. But on rewatch, it actually made sense to me on some level because we've seen throughout this season that Bo is very ambivalent toward ambivalent and conflicted about her feelings toward her father. We see her kind of talk about him with some fondness in some places, but then be very angry with him in some other places. And so I, I feel like I actually can buy her going to him with all of this anger because her girlfriend, her her person that she loves, just broke up with her. And because of those conflicting feelings with her father, like wanting comfort from somebody and wanting him to be kind of a normal father figure and letting her guard down and going to him for that sort of comfort, but then realizing, no, this isn't right. He's not that person. It's a bad back. idea. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, I get that on some level, but it's just, she has so many other people in her life. Exactly. <laughs> that I just, it bothers me because I don't understand what's going on exactly, because I feel like, like, why not go to Trick or That's something, fair. right? That's or fair. Dyson. They had that nice bit of a scene there. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I can understand yeah. maybe not going to Dyson, because it's a little awkward still. Yeah. But why not Trick? I know Trick always gets awkward about it. But I think because Bo brings up in their breakup, like, this is because of Jack, he did this. I think it makes sense that she then goes to him to confront him. And because it was the first person, he was the first person she talked to probably after that happened, it makes sense to me that she would maybe look for comfort in him and then realize, no, this is a bad idea. Yeah, that made sense to me because she did say that to Lauren. And that was one of my first thoughts thinking, oh, it's because of Jack or he manipulated Lauren in some way. Right. But then it worries me because Bo seems to kind of have a blind spot when it comes to her father. She wants, she desperately wants him to be a regular father. Right. But is getting warned from all sides and says herself at the same time, we can't trust him. Right. You know, evil takes many forms. But I just don't want to see in the remaining episodes Bo having so much of a blind spot that she puts her family in danger. It's like I said, it seemed to be kind. Of, that's why it bothered me that it, she seemed to be all over the place emotionally during this scene. You can kind of understand it because Lauren just broke up with her. But it, yeah, it was a it was a confusing scene to watch. So. I think that's fair. But I, I also feel like it's it's relatable to have conflicting feelings about a parent because. You know, I I have pretty good relationships with my parents, but I have less of a good relationship with one of my parents. And even though there are some things about that parent that I find frustrating, they are still my parents. I want them to love me and I have a normal relationship with. So there was something relatable that I could feel in Bo's reaction to him. So on the first rewatch, uh, excuse me, on the first watch, I did have that moment like, what is happening? What is Bo doing? But on second rewatch, I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense to me. But that's me personally. If it didn't work for you, I think that's totally fair. But I think also what made it work for me is Eric Roberts' performance because he's so believable when he's trying to be comforting and uh, to Bo. I like, I I love how he's playing this role. I really want to trust him, but I don't because I know he's oily and sneaky and he's doing things that he's not telling (laughs) Bo about. (laughs) But yeah, he is still, re- I, on the rewatch, I really appreciated Eric Roberts in that scene. He's very good. And I think he and the rest of the cast, they all work so well together. They, you know, and the, yeah. they just have on-screen chemistry and it works. So I think he and Anna Silk are really good scene partners. I think he's had really amazing chemistry with everybody on the cast he's interacted with. I'm really yeah. happy with his the choice of him as to play this role. Thoughts, Chris? Annie and I have been talking a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. 
I agree with you to some extent, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, but uh, no, I, I think that's completely fair. Why? No, I think that's completely fair. Absolutely. I like that growly sound. Why? <laughs> and, and I agree with you. I'm like, why, Bo? Why did you not go to Trick or to, to Tamsin or to somebody else? I mean, granted. Like, I understand seeking out the comfort of a parent. I totally get it. But this parent is Hades. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, well it's, you know, he's this guy. Yeah. There's all this stuff that you don't know that you've been suspicious of right. you know maybe go talk to him but why would you go in there and hug him that just seems like a bad idea yeah. especially given his powers that's what you i'm know, saying the like hand and everything i have worries we all have worries we got a voice message from little bad wolf on twitter and she was wondering about his powers because it's very actually unclear what exactly his powers are. He, we know he has a glowy hand that he can use to heal people. And we saw him like vibrate the glass so that he could leave the cell and then presumably re-enter the cell. But what else can he do? And now apparently he can shake shape shift, but it's been unclear as to what all his abilities are. I think that is the point. That's just my guess, that he does have all these abilities. I think he's got abilities beyond knowing, you know, that he's got a lot of different abilities, and that's what's scary about him, because he's, you know, the master of the underworld. I don't know. Okay, Sally says, Trick would have just read to Bo out of a giant book if she went to him for comfort. That's probably true. I don't think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Offered offered booze and read to her out of a giant book. I don't think that's true. I'm joking. I think Sally's probably joking, (laughs) too. But I liked how this scene between Trick and Dyson was really sweet. And I'm like, to me, that was a return of kind of the old grandfatherly Trick. And I think it was Sally or someone said on Twitter, "Uh, Trick, we couldn't have done this scene a while ago with Bo or someone, you know. So it just, I like that scene between them. Because it was not just the hard-ass Trick, you know, where he's like, kill her, kill her, or whatever, you know. Her name is Alicia Trick. You don't have to call her the human. <laughs> I, I didn't get that, yeah. But that's Trick, you know. However, I agree with you. I feel like that conversation between Trick and Dyson was super interesting. And why couldn't we get more of Dyson's struggle about his feelings for Alicia? This is something that should have taken place over multiple episodes. I actually have a little bit of an issue with that conversation just because the whole time I'm thinking, but what does that mean about his relationship with Kiara? Do, did we just forget that happened? <laughs> I think that's a good point. I think it was just he learned to love again. I don't know. No, I know. But I thought there was some storyline about that with, I mean, they, they're they touching on a lot of the same things they did when he was in the relationship with Kiara. I mean, they're hitting it again and maybe hitting it harder now because he was in the process of getting his love back when he was with Kiara. Like at first he just didn't have it. And then he sort of started to, and then it got complicated and weird, but I don't know. Cause I kind of wish they would have made it more about the fact that she's human than about Dyson and having a relationship with somebody who is not Bo. I think mm. they did need to address that though, Chris, because that has been Dyson's big hangup since season three is that he can't love anybody else because he gave Bo his heart. So I do see where you're coming from in regards to Kiara. I think that's a legitimate criticism. However, I will I will fan wink that perhaps he wasn't ready with Kiara because not only did he not have his love back, but it was so fresh, his having this love stripped away and realizing, realizing that he loved Bo. Like, I feel like some time has passed now and he's maybe come to accept the fact that 
he gave his heart to Bo, but she hasn't reciprocated and given him some time to adjust to the idea that maybe he could love someone else. I do think they needed to talk about it, but I'm still a little disappointed that it wasn't more focused on the humanity thing. I think that's fair. Just or that they didn't bring up Kiara. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they just kind of didn't address the fact that that happened. No, I think that's an absolutely fair critique. So this this storyline that we got with Dyson and Alicia, I think it's a really good storyline for Dyson, and they've been hinting at this for a while, at least since into the end of the line, right? Because Laveau says that thing about this idea that you can't love anybody else. That's just something that's in your head. It's not actually true. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good storyline for Dyson, but it shouldn't have been executed in one episode. We see in this episode that Lauren is grappling with similar difficulties about her relationship with Bo, this idea of a fae being with a human and what that means. I think it would have been great if we'd seen some scenes with Dyson and Lauren talking about this or Dyson and Bo talking about this, this idea of these fae having, you know, having these relationships with humans and what does it mean for them? And there just wasn't any capitalization. That's not the word that I mean, but there wasn't any emphasis emphasis on that aspect. I would have loved to have seen Dyson have conversations about his relationship with Alicia with either Bo or Lauren. I have hope that they'll do something next episode. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was nice getting that little scene between Dyson and Bo, but it's after everything has gone to shit, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, and it's like, again, everything got just got packed in and jammed in and then everything just goes into that last scene with Bo and Lauren where everything, they finally talk about stuff. And I'm just like, ugh. Of course, you know, as Chris said last week, you know, seeing Dyson and Alicia consummate their relationship and that really sweet moment when <laughs> Alicia says, why didn't anybody tell me about Faye in college? Which I thought was hilarious. And then Dyson gets the call and it's just like, again, it's too just jammed in. It's too rushed and it doesn't end up being very satisfactory for the audience or for the characters who are now all heartbroken and sad. I mean, they have sort of been building up to it, but yeah, it was sort of all the actual progression into relationship mode all in one episode. Because I feel like Alicia was robbed of a storyline, too, because we didn't even get into how she felt about being attracted to Dyson, even though her husband was still alive but in a coma. Yeah, it was just really like the courtroom stuff resolved really quickly. Where she was just like, I still love Kevin, but I don't regret what happened between us. I'm going to run over here and kiss him. Like, yeah, I just feel like the writers really missed an opportunity here. Yeah, and that last shot of Dyson, you know, great work by Chris, but I just feel so bad for him. And I'm just like, oh, twist the knife a little deeper. I'm the heartless one on this podcast. Keep that in mind. I don't mind so much that it didn't turn out well between them, because I think the whole point of this was to show Dyson that there are other options out there for him besides Bo, that he doesn't need to feel like he's never going to have love in his life if Bo isn't willing to be in a relationship with him. So I think he learned something that was important for him to learn as a character, but it, it, it just didn't have to play out this quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been a little more effective and a little more painful in the way that TV shows like to be painful <laughs> if they'd drawn it out a little bit, mm-hmm. little bit more or, or made it more, had more time in that sort of couple phase that they were in this episode. But yeah. Well, I think you know, it was exacerbated so that I felt bad for Dyson because you had Dyson and Alicia not being together at the end and Bo and Lauren. So it's like two in one episode and it's just, ugh, it's bad. 
But it did lead to that really nice scene between Bo and Dyson when they were at the bar together. And I thought that was an intentional callback to the scenes that we've seen between Dyson and Lauren over the years, both in Delinquents and Into the Dark, where yeah, they're commiserating over lost loves. Yep. So sad. So I'm curious to see where they go with this. I Again, I'm not enter- entirely surprised that it didn't work out between Dyson and Alicia, but I'm curious where they leave Dyson at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't end up with, with Dyson and Alicia in a way. Well, I didn't expect it to last, but mm-hmm. it would have been nice, as you say, to see it last a little longer. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it, Chris? Do you Are you glad that they broke up? Uncertain. Glad. Mm. <laughs> Again, I, that so mean. <laughs> I'm used to it by now Suffer from you, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I, I like you, Dyson. I want you to be happy. I, I don't know. Because there were complications there, and I feel like they could have made more use of them. Right. Again, as you say, like with having Alicia be maybe a little more conflicted about, you know, oh, my husband isn't really actually gone but there's this other guy and he's nice and you know they're all domestic with each other and you know what i mean like yeah i don't know there would have been more to mine there and yeah. i did think they were really cute together they were. so they were i don't know me personally just because i don't I, I i think since i know the show is wrapping up like i'm not a fan of neat endings so i'm okay with them not having a happy ending but for sure, there was more material for the writers to mine here that I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we've reached this phrase of Mar Notes where it says Bo and Lauren at the top. We've come to it, Annie. Well, can I can I start us off with Twitter questions that we just got? Sure, sure. go for it. Okay, so, I don't know, Jumper Knees? Is that? Oh, that's an awesome screen name, too. <laughs> Jumper and then capital N-E-E-S. Has it occurred to anyone that the shower scene where Lauren was hungry afterwards might be a shape-shifting situation? I'm not trusting the shower scene at all, either, because Bo asks, is this really happening? She seemed surprised. I also thought that was an odd line. It was an odd line. It yeah. made me very suspicious. And then nothing happened, so I'm still curious about what that was supposed to be for. I think that was a promo shown by E.T. beforehand. I didn't watch it, specifically, because I wanted to enjoy the shower scene, and I expected the damn shower scene to be longer. <laughs> well, see, I, I too, watched it, and then I was worried about you, because I was like, I hope Annie doesn't watch this, because it's just going to make her paranoid. And I saw a lot of comments on Twitter before the episode aired. Yeah, is it real? Is it real? And that scene afterwards makes me think that it's real, mm-hmm. that it's not a shapeshifter scene. And thanks for driving the dagger into my heart, Michael Grassi. He did confirm the breakup was real. <sighs> to me, what is so frustrating about the breakup is that the show has done it before, that it's Lauren doing it, and that her reasons don't seem to make any sense. Like I said in my short episode, it's not that I'm upset that they're talking about finally, finally the, you know, Lauren's lifespan versus Bo's lifespan and Bo saying, okay, if you want to be Faye, I support you. Not even about those decisions, but, you know, then Lauren's talking about losing herself and, or I'm a healer, you're a protector, and just her reasons were not very clear, with that line at least. But to me, she seems to be afraid of, you know, I know you'll love me when I'm old and gray and losing my mind for real, and I can't do that to, do that to you. She's afraid of Bo losing her because she's mortal again. 
And I just, I don't know why it's like freaking show writing. Why do you want to have the characters? They're so afraid of what's going to happen in the future that they give up what they have right now. You know, it made no sense to me. And, you know, Cindy wrote me in a tweet. We're having a Twitter discussion earlier this week. And she goes, I keep thinking the break isn't, if the break isn't relevant to the season's plot, why even put them back together? It just seems cruel. And, you know, it's like they've done it with Bo and Dyson. They've done it with Bo and Tamsin earlier in this season. And now they do it with Bo and Lauren again, where people are really, really invested in their characters and these relationships because of real, real relevance it has to us in our real lives. That's kind of why we do this podcast. It may sound silly, but it's true. So the fact that the break doesn't seem to make a lot of sense is what's really frustrating to me. And I don't want to be pissed at the writers, so I spent half the week being really sad, and then I just spent the rest of the week being pissed off. And that's not something I want to be at four episodes to the end. So I think Lauren and Bo might get to a place where they'll talk and they'll be friends, but... I, you know, Bo referred to it several times going, well, she's gone, we're over, you know, so it does feel really final to me, and it's just... You know, it just, it really messed with me on a personal level, as silly as that sounds. And I know I'm not the only one. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this breakup because I don't think it's permanent or final in any way. Because I, we've talked about this before. They brought up a lot of stuff that's been hanging over them as a couple for the entirety of the series. There's a lot of stuff that they needed to talk about that they just hadn't talked about. And, like, those floodgates have opened now, so I feel like there's got to be further discussion on this. Because uh, clearly Bo had other things to say about it that Lauren just kind of wasn't in a mentality to hear, I think. So I'm hopeful that there's going to be further resolution on that stuff. And I don't know, I, I get your point that a lot of stuff that Lauren said didn't make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. Okay, explain. Because uh, I mean, because these are genuine fears that people have. They're not necessarily rational. Rational, yeah. But I mean, this is stuff that actually happens and happens to you it know does. actual human beings now, right? I mean, stuff happens to people, and you don't know what's gonna happen, and therefore it's not rational because it could happen to anybody. True, but you know, I think it it's a, a genuine and honest fear that Lauren has there. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem unreasonable that this might be stuff that she'd worry about. I mean, I don't, again, yeah. it's not necessarily rational in the sense that, you know, this is all hypothetical stuff that may or may not happen, but. Well, my question is, would she have still broken up with Bo if she was still a conduit at the end of the episode and she was healthy and all of that? Probably not, but I think we would still have a conflict between the two of them about yeah, I agree being with that. somewhere between human and fae. Because I think the problem that they had that prompted that ending was that Lauren had basically just faced her own mortality, mm -hmm. right? Lauren basically had a near-death experience in this episode because Z took over her body and basically Lauren's body couldn't handle it. And that's what that scene was about, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, near-death experiences do things with your mind, so... It's too bad that she took the serum, did it without telling Bo, and it happened off screen. You mean the antidote? The antidote, yeah. Yeah, okay, so here's here's my take on the whole thing. I'm actually not that 
annoyed or bothered by them breaking up over this issue. Because even though I'm a big fan of Bo and Lauren's relationship, I think that it's the most interesting relationship to explore of the possibilities out there, just because of the human fae dynamic and all of the meaty drama that you could mine from that. I consider that this might be a possibility, this idea that Lauren or Bo or one of them couldn't get past the fact that one of them could quite possibly live much longer than the other. So I'm not entirely surprised or annoyed by the breakup. What gets me is that they played this out over less than four episodes. Yes. yes. This should have been something that they brought up back in season three, back in season four, back at the beginning of season five, if they had gotten them back together, as I very strongly believe Dark Horse was hinting at. Yes. Instead, we get this incredibly abbreviated storyline about, like, the most important roadblock to their relationship. And I've seen a lot of people feel say that they feel like this is, you know, do I have deja vu? This feels like delinquents all over again. But I feel like what we got in delinquents was Lauren actually giving her relationship with Bo a chance, recognizing that Bo couldn't just live off of her alone, that she might need to feed from other people. And after that encounter with Tamsin being like, you know, oh, we kiss, but don't worry, she wasn't even feeding that whole thing leading Lauren to realize that Bo can be monogamous with her, and that bothered her. Like, she gave that a chance to sink in. But this just feels like they didn't even give this a chance to work out how this might work for them. It it, it just feels like, to me at least, it feels like a cheap attempt to create drama in these last eight episodes to get them back together and then promptly break them up over this thing that they should have been talking about episodes ago, if not years ago. Yes, yes. And mm -hmm. it's extremely cheap. I'm sorry. It's not intentional, I don't know, of the writers, but just to mess with the fans like this. Again, we're very invested. And yeah, to, to not have it played out. And no sex! Again, no sex. <laughs> and that's the real crime here. <laughs> she said, no sex, no sex scenes on screen. You know, Cindy tweeted me earlier in the week. She said everything they both said during the breakup scene was true. However, Lauren has no faith in them. And that was unfair. I don't know. It just at least at this point. And, you know, I said to a certain extent, yeah, I agree. It made me mad at Lauren. I don't want to be mad at Lauren for the reasons why she's, again, breaking up but it's but again i mean lauren had been going through some stuff that we really didn't see a whole lot of which bugs me and yeah. i feel like that was driving a lot of her reactions and comments this entire episode i was actually really frustrated with lauren for most of the episode because at the beginning there's that whole thing where bo's Bo is concerned about her and trying to talk about it, and Lauren's deflecting. Mm -hmm. Then they're in the lab, and Bo comes because she needs to talk to Hades about whatever it is, some like stuff about her life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or saving people. I forget what the conversation is now. But yeah, and Lauren's Lauren gets upset with upset. her for it, yeah. saying like, it's like oh, "Oh, it's okay if you it's... talk to him, but I can't talk to him." Yeah, that was very petty. And yeah, weird. Right. I was I was frustrated with Lauren for that because yeah, and she never told Bo until she inadvertently let it slip about oh Jack gave me the you know TTV virus idea and I love how Bo said what about the TGIF but yeah and she wasn't being straight with Bo about that and it's just oh it's such a big fracking mess writers and it's just, I, I I'm tired of being mad but I can't help it right now that's the only emotion I have after this episode okay and depressed but it's. It's not how I want this show that I that I really do love to go out. 
And but it's not. There are four episodes left. Okay. Four, but there's a lot of wait, shit wait, to be done wait, wait. in the meantime. I agree. I agree. But but think of all the stuff that they crammed into this episode that I know I know that's not reassuring. But yeah. My Grey Bell says, it doesn't feel final to me at all, if that helps. Perversely, I find the whole thing reassuring. Which is basically what I was saying when we did our first because impressions. Because they're yeah. going out of their way to make it seem so final, it makes me think, oh, this can't be it. Exactly. And maybe exactly. I'm just being ridiculously optimistic, but given that they are pulling this stunt of, we're going to get them back together and then break them back up to kind of create some drama, I feel like it's totally within the realm of possibility that they'll then reunite them as like, a surprise! They're getting back together! I just want mm-hmm. everybody to be as reunited and as as they can be and not to have Tamsin sacrifice herself and not to have yeah. Lauren go off and we'll never see her again, which is what it sounds like. Where did she go? No, you that's know? not what's happening. Uh, I refuse to believe that. Uh, yeah, I know. I just, I'm all over the place this week. I just, I lost a lot of faith in the writers and it, it sucks. I mean, I'll and wait I know I've been talking to you this week a I lot. I know, I'm and, sorry. Uh, and I can, I can understand where people are coming from, especially people of the show who are, who are queer people who really want a happy ending for a same-sex couple. We don't get a lot of those. It wasn't that long ago where it was like three exactly. queer female characters were killed off, like one on Arrow and one on Chicago Fire. Like, it's still no. not very common for a same-sex couple to get a happy ending on a TV show. I think they're getting more frequent, but it's still very infrequent. And so I understand where people are are coming from. But I I encourage you, this is just my personality, to try to give the writers a benefit of the doubt. See how it plays out before you go all... Try to give them a (laughs) a chance. But I understand your frustration. Before you go all... Yes. Yeah. And to be fair, the arrow death didn't stick, but yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, very confusing. <laughs> but from what I've heard, I don't watch arrow. But the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, what you said, Stephanie, is true. That's why people are invested. We, you know, we want to see ourselves as queer people represented well yeah. on screen and not always to have our chains jerked. And Because we can't just case, flip to any other show and find characters who look like us and yeah. have lives that resemble ours. It's, it's, we can't just flip to another show. It's, we have more than we used to but we still don't have a lot we don't have as many options so so i'm hoping yeah if this is a jerk of the chain it was one hell of a jerk of the chain people bonnie bonnie tweeted me in response to something i wrote today which she said upset her more than the break was seeing all the fans get so upset and that's hard yeah you know i mean i I saw the fandom like literally implode when well not literally but when xena ended the way it did with this character having a really you know, final death that was graphic and horrible. But so when that happens to a fandom, it's really tough. And it's really sad because people pay take the investment in the story so personally. Really hoping Lost Girl doesn't go that route. But we have four more episodes. And as you say, Chris, it's not going to end with everybody dying. I don't think Lost Girl is that kind of show. Okay, here's the Twitter roundup. My Grey Bell says, unfortunately, Lauren has never, ever talked about. I don't think that's quite true, but I get your point. Jumpernees says, I think Bo needs to fight for their relationship. Because of delinquents, Bo cannot allow Lauren to walk away again. Yeah. I think Lauren had a justification to, you know, walk away mm-hmm. in delinquents, but... It doesn't feel like as much of one here. And the, the word allow bothers me, but but anyway. Yeah. Jay says, if they don't fix their issues in the next four episodes, then why put them back together? Uh, how can fans have faith in it again if nothing changed? It's true. Jumper D says, in delinquents, it was understandable why Lauren broke up with Bo and Bo let it happen. This time, Bo needs to fight back for it. 
And you made that point, Chris, because I said, you know, what makes you think that, you know, Lauren would want to listen to, or something like, what makes you think Lauren would want to go back to Bo? And you you said to me, well, what makes you think Bo won't go after Lauren? Which sounds like it could head that way. No, I mean, that's the way they ended this. To me, that was the next logical way that story was leading. And then Docubus 57 says, always remember, Anna said so many things happen in 513 and 514. And I was going to bring that up for you, Annie, that remember at, at Dragon Con, Anna said something about really liking 513 and 514. And I'm it's like, don't, don't lose faith yet. Annie. I know, I know. It's just, I know, it, you know, my comments on Twitter and what I've said, it doesn't, I'm mad at the writing, but it doesn't mean I've lost faith in the show or what the Docubus has represented to me personally. It's just, Oh man, tough week. Man. I know it's tough week. Right now. <laughs> and I, I got know. sick, and my car got hit, so it was a shitty week. <laughs> Poor Annie. Last week, I had this interesting conversation with somebody who was saying that they just felt like Bo was being a complete jerk about Lauren and her conduit situation. And because she was, she seemed so uncertain. And even though she was saying, like, I love you, whether you're human or fae, you know, this person was saying, clearly she cares. The, you know, this matters to her. I, I didn't feel personally like Bo was being a jerk. To me, it just seemed like Bo was trying to figure out what this meant. Cause I, I think very likely that a big thing that Bo loved and appreciated about Lauren was the fact that she was human and what exactly this meant. The fact that this big piece of what she loved about Lauren was different now. I think that's fair. So that's just my point. I mean, I think it's been proven in these past, well, this past episode specifically, like, Bo had cause for concern. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, she it was, the was dangerous. Yeah. She endangered herself. Like, Bo had a really good reason to be worried about it. I think Bo was really worried. I think we saw that, that she, about potential consequences. And I think just Bo was just not sure what this meant about the fact that this huge part of who Lauren was as a person was now different. Right. And I mean, the fact that I don't think Lauren had necessarily ever indicated that this was a thing that she wanted to do. Right. If if somebody you love and care about and thought you knew pretty well does this thing that you didn't see coming, like that's cause for concern mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see indications even back to season three that that's what Lauren wanted to do or where her research was heading. But yeah, I w again, I wish they talked about it with Bo, but didn't until now. And I kind of wish now that there'd been a scene of Lauren not taking the antidote, but injecting herself with the serum would have been a little dun dun dun. But you know, that would have given away the end of, you know, um, five oh nine. 44 minutes to save the yeah. world. But yeah, but I don't know. It's just. But we we have we have Lauren doing this thing and not telling Bo about it, which I think is not being very fair to her character. I think it's not allowing her character to grow and evolve because it, it's consistent in that Lauren has been a big secret keeper throughout the series. But I, I would wish that they would have allowed her some character development from season two, back when she was so isolated in the Fae, being a human in the Fae world, to this season where she has allies amongst the Fae, to be able to at least tell Bo, like back in season four or the beginning of this season, that the reason she decided to turn Ebony into human because she was interested in turning herself Fae in order to be with Bo. Like, I I just, I wish that they had set this up farther back than they did. Yeah. And I think especially if we're going to have the way it's been this season where they've basically kind of ignored the fey politics mm -hmm. or the fey human politics, like they haven't really addressed it. Nope. So mm -hmm. 
why tie that? You know what I mean? Like, why have that be a thing here where she's still keeping these secrets? Because before it made sense that she was keeping those secrets because of the way the Fae political system had been set right. up, where there was a a class divide between Fae and humans. And not that there's not one now, but the show doesn't really talk about it that much anymore. They don't. So it's less of a, an issue that the show brings up. I don't know. Because we have Bo say this really, it comes across pretty lunk-headed, I think, because Bo says to Lauren when she visits her in the lab, like, I don't understand why you would give up who you were to become Faye. And I feel like that's pretty lunk-headed at this part because Lauren has told her twice that she really wants to be able to be with Bo forever. To be with you, silly. However, I think that's important to bring to the conversation because I think that that's in character with Bo, who she is as a person. You know, she didn't know who she was for so long, and it's a bit important for her to figure out who she is and who Bo is as a person. She doesn't see that she's better because she's Faye. It's just the fact that she's Faye, Lauren's human, both are fine and beautiful and equal. And so I think that was an important perspective to bring to the conversation. But because they're addressing it so late in the game, it just kind of comes off as lunk-headed. Like, Bo, Lauren has told you twice now that this is a big motivation for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Bo says that, like, that, it didn't ring false to me or anything. You know what right. I mean? Like, of course Bo thinks mm -hmm. that. But yeah, at the same time, it's not a new issue. So... Anyway, Docubus57 says, For some reason, I have a problem believing Lauren would inject herself with something she hasn't tested before to begin with. Yeah, I yeah. also had a bit of an issue with yeah. that. Like, it's not totally unreasonable, because Lauren has been known to do somewhat impulsive things before, mm. but... Yeah, but science-wise... At the same time, she's also been shown to be very careful about things, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess at this point, if we think about it this way, she, she turned Dr. Uh, you know, Dr. Taft... She turned him Faye. Mm -hmm. She turned Ebony human. So maybe at this point, if she's... Because she says at the end of the episode, she got so consumed by trying to fix their relationship that she almost lost herself. So, yeah, it is hard to believe. But I think if we'd had more lead up to this point, maybe it would have been easier to buy that she was just desperate. I don't know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just... <laughs> It's complicated. No, I, know. I think we're all just processing yeah, out loud here. It's just complicated. But I, I do really regret that we saw Lauren take the antidote off screen because that was another plot line that I just felt like was wrapped up in a really pat way. The same with the courtroom, the same with mm -hmm. Dyson and Alicia and Alicia's feelings about Dyson versus her husband. You know, it's just like Bo has been wanting her to not go through this whole conduit thing for a couple episodes now. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, I took the antidote. It's like, what does that mean for your Parkinson's? Are you okay now? Like, what does this mean? Exactly. She says she's healthy. She'd better damn well be healthy. It's this. she's not, I'm going to break my screen in anger. Don't do that. So speaking of that, Fatal Attraction says, how about the Parkinson's factor in Lauren's decision in the breakup? Is her human life even shorter now? Oh, wonderful. I don't know. Here's another thing, though. We never specifically hear that the Parkinson's is actually Lauren. They they strongly indicate it, but they could pull out a thing because it was just like patient X. Mm -hmm. So here's a thought. Could it possibly be Ebony? Hmm. Hmm. Possibly. But then why have Lauren I mean, I think they do things. indicate that it's Lauren, but I'm just throwing it out and there. And that conversation oh, that Lauren has with her poor, poor clinic staff is <sighs> even more frustrating to me because if they are talking about Lauren, the way that the clinic staff is talking about it indicates that Lauren knew 
that there was something bad happening to her before this most release, most recent test result, and she didn't tell Bo about it. Lauren, why are you keeping so many secrets? See, uh, which, again, was why when they first brought that up, I'm like, it sounds like they're talking about Lauren, but are they possibly talking about Ebony? Because she knew something was wrong with Ebony. She would still feel guilty or bad or whatever about the result if it was Ebony, because clearly Lauren feels guilty about that whole situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know anything, obviously, but I know nothing. We did get a comment from ZikZik28 on our our website saying that – presenting the fact that I think a Twitter commenter – mentioned earlier, the fact that, you know, Parkinson's is serious stuff. That's not supposed to be something that's just reversible. I mean, granted, we're talking about Faye stuff so they can kind of, the writers can cheat what they, the result that they want. Because I I got the impression that they were implying in this episode that Lauren took the antidote and she's just fine now, including potential brain damage from Parkinson's. But what if not? What if they do decide to go down that road and explore? Oh, great. Just press me even more. Here, I'm going to make it worse for a second. Jemperdies just tweeted us saying, I think Lauren broke up with Bo because she wanted to protect Bo from taking care of her, as I think Lauren has dementia. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I'm just going to shoot myself in the foot right now. I honestly don't think they're going to go this depressing with it. I could be wrong. I don't know anything. If they are, then I swear off the show. But I, I, you know, this is not uncommon, right? You have to reach a nadir before the characters go back up. So I'm not surprised. You have to reach a what? A nadir. A low point. A deer? Nadir. (laughs) Oh. Spell it for us. I I know what a nadir is. I didn't hear that. What does a deer have to do with it? (laughs) Did we hit a deer? Yes, Annie. Papaya you horse can also become papaya deer. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> somebody do do fan art of a deer fighting papaya horse. It'll be awesome. <laughs> and then Jumbernees just says, "I think your thoughts on patient X is correct, but I think that the drug accelerated a pre-existing condition in Lauren. I suspect Lauren took the serum to deface herself to slow the progression. Defay herself, maybe. Defay herself. Oh, defay probably. Yeah." That would have made more sense and would explain the autocorrecting. I suspect Lauren took the serum to de- Oh, there we go. I suspect Lauren took the serum to deface herself. It'd be hard to deface Lauren. She's pretty attractive. Yeah. Like, I'm just reading them as they come. Man. Damn autocorrect. However... However, like I was saying, you know, the characters, they have to go through some low points before we go back up. This is the way of seasons of television. But it didn't have to be so close to the end. That's what made me pissed off. But that's why they do it. Yeah, like this is not a thing for it. We only have five episodes left. We better cram in all the drama we can. Now is our last Think chance. Think back to episode 219, Truth and Consequences. Bo has to kill Nadia. Like, there's, this is not uncommon for Lost Girl. You reach a really low point and then you build back up. So I felt like I've just hit a deer now. I'm but, sorry. Uh, any other random comments? Can we move on? So, I can- oh, I, one more thing about being a little frustrated with Lauren in this episode. She has this comment where I think it's in the first after the shower scene where she says, I think the issue is you don't trust me. I love you, Lauren. However, you did hide the fact that you were trying to extend your life and or become Faye from Bo. And then you collaborated with her father to do so and didn't tell her about that either. So I'm not saying Bo is being unreasonable for not entirely being trustworthy. Or trusting of you, not trustworthy. Finding you trustworthy. Yeah, there we go. Finding you trustworthy. Yeah. I've had a lot to drink. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
And like you were saying, Annie, like a lot of Lauren's breakup speech doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like it makes sense to me that Lauren would be like she has these fears and yeah, yeah. If it had been a while, it would make sense to me if Lauren was like, I can't face the idea of me dying so much sooner than you would. I like the idea of me being 80 and you still looking like you do now. Like that makes sense to me. But the way that she phrases it is like, you're a protector. I'm a healer. People need what, us. I'm like, how does your what being is that, what is that together have to do with, have to do with anything? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get you, show. Because you guys can still do that if you're together. It's I know. Exactly. Or if you have, have a different life Haven't you seen the Chicago, various Chicago series? Like, they're all dating each other. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you seen a procedural, Lauren? So some of the breakup speech made a whole lot of sense to me, but there were some parts that I was just like, Lauren, I don't, underst- I, I don't understand. I, get, like, I, don't I, I understand it. it from the perspective of she was saying she almost got herself killed through her experimenting and that would have taken her away from being a healer but then she goes on Mm. to say like people need us and we i was like what does that have to do with it (laughs) so anyway that did make sense to me there was there was a lot of extra stuff in that speech it felt like the one thing that uh, again i can appreciate a little bit better depending on how much i have had to drink rewatch oh wait that's me sorry no yeah (laughs) Stop interrupting me. The one thing I will appreciate more the more I watch it, if I want to, without snotting myself. Uh, <laughs> with Kleenex, snot, drinks. About the breakup scene that everybody has mentioned, of course, is how incredible the acting was. So props to Anna and Zoe and that adorable conversation that they tweeted out earlier this week. <laughs> It was pretty cute. Hannah's like, we were amazing. We were incredible what last we night. <laughs> yeah, we were amazing. What happened? We broke up. <laughs> That's how Bo and the Horn are. Breakups and togetherness and whatever. Yeah, it was just so funny. I think there was like a, that's us. <laughs> Thanks for bringing levity to our broken Docubus hearts, you two. You two are such adorable dorks. Docubus57 says, but what great acting in that scene. They both killed me, especially when Lauren broke when she says, I'm not Faye anymore. Mm-hmm. So did we have any random thoughts? I did really like Tamsin in this episode. As we mentioned in our first impressions, I did enjoy that exchange where Bo was saying, I have a feeling that courthouse is sitting on something big. And then Tamsin says, lucky courthouse. And Trick laughs at her joke. (laughs) I I was like, I didn't think that joke was that funny. But I did like the, ah, the old, you know that he knows, but you can let him know that you know, you know. I think I got that right. If I did get it wrong, which I probably did, I'm sorry. But there was a lot of you knows in there, which is my specialty, as you know. I think, though, what really makes that joke is Trick laughing at it, because Trick is usually so prudish when it comes to sexual innuendos. I like that Trick laughs at uh, Tamsin's little joke there, and then Tamsin's like, I thought that was my my inside voice. Do you still not get it, Annie? I'm reading it right now. Still not Sitting on something big. Sexual innuendo. Sexual yeah, I know that. Innuendo. <laughs> Still not that funny. <laughs> okay. And I also got to point out that Lauren's poor clinic staff are like the red shirts of Star Trek this season. They keep getting killed and or attacked. I'm not sure if this re- most recent one was killed or just attacked by flies. I don't by even think she had a name, did she? she? I don't think she had a name. Yeah, they're like, let's just stop naming her. I I think in the credits it was like nurse or something. Because there was the one that Z snapped the neck. I'm trying to remember her name. 
Lisa. Lisa, thank you. Yeah. And then there was Sam, who got all burned Aww. by Eros or yep. chewed, whatever. And now there's this one who gets attacked by Hera. And yeah, her clinic staff are just dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Or getting attacked by mm-hmm. them. Yep. Nice one, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for sending us your thoughts about this episode. You can go and leave a comment on the show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 117. You can also email us, feedback at drinksofthedoll.com. We love getting voice messages. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Drinks of the Doll is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Killjoys, among others, over at askgenretv.com. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks of the Doll. I am not that drunk, and my name is Stephanie. Thanks for all the cheering up texts and emails and tweets. Still holding out hope for Docubus sex. If not, I'll just write about it at the end of the season. I'm Annie. <laughs> and my name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.